0: And a very good morning to each and every one so happy to see everyone here if you are joining us virtually we welcome you as well our congregational reading this morning comes from Romans 8 verses 35 through 39 shall we read together who shall separate us from the love of Christ nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.
1: There is a bond in Gilead
2: to worship you and to remember how good you are to us. Your guidance, your love and the love you cause between us, the gift of Jesus, there's so much to be thankful for. Lord, help us to grow closer to you and closer to each other so that in our everyday walk we remember you and how jesus walked on this earth and loved the unlovable thank you for allowing us to be your disciples to tell the world of your love i pray in jesus name
0: Our next song will help prepare our minds for observance of the Lord's Supper. Faithful
1: love.
3: morning at this time, just like to uh, share with each other how much God loved us, He gave his son up so that we can have life. He loved us just that much and we didn't even deserve it. We didn't care about God, We didn't care about doing the right thing. All we cared about was what's good for us. But God, He still loves us. Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection changed everything. It it turned the world upside down. He is special. You know, one thing that, that I, I want you to realize our attitude should be, I managed a, a team at MIMS, uh, a baseball team at Holder Park. And a lot of times on uh, game day, the parents drop their kids off and didn't come to the game. and. Uh, you know, the kids played the game. But that's what they felt their obligation was, just to drop their kids off, and, uh, and that's it. But there are some parents who came to the game and cheered the team on, and you could see the difference in the attitude in the, in the young, young boys, they were so happy. That's what Jesus did for us. He came. He's cheering us on. And that love, that that, that friendship is what's the key. Now, saints, friends, I'm going to tell you something. Sometimes we take God for granted. Let's get serious about our relationship with God, because he was serious about his relationship with us let's pray father we thank you so much for for jesus for loving us for appreciating us father for giving us that chance that we don't deserve father we pray for the bread to represent his body because father he was all about love and forgiveness And that's that's the area we need to live in. We need to live in that area, love and forgiveness. Pray this prayer in his name. Amen. Let's continue our prayer. Father, we looked upon Jesus as someone that's not a a physical being, but also a spiritual being. Also a preparer, a preparer for a place where we can abode with him, Father. Prepare for living forever and ever with you. And we thank you for that, Father. We thank you for that opportunity. Infinite is a word that's not used too often, but that's what I'm looking forward to, Father. Life everlasting with you. That's where our hope is, when Jesus comes back again. Father, we ask you to bless the fruit of of the vine that represents his blood. The blood of the New Testament, the blood of the new relationship, the blood of the washing away of sins, we thank you for for him, for that sacrifice. We pray this prayer in his name. Amen. The elders have set aside this time to uh, take up collection, a contribution for the building up of God's church, physically and spiritually. Please pray with me. Father, we thank you for the opportunity we have to give back to you. Father, we thank you for the opportunity we have to serve others. Father, we, we think it's wonderful that we can uh, affect the spreading of your word throughout the world through our missionaries. Father, we ask that you put in the heart of the saints and friends to give to build the infrastructure of this physical house, Father, but also uh, build souls, spread the word, help people grow. This is our, this is our spiritual hospital, Father, where people come to get well. And we thank you for that, Father. Father, we pray for our young people. We thank you for the graduates. We pray that we continue to support them, not just monetarily, but continue to encourage them to follow your son, Jesus Christ, to put on Christ, keep him on, and walk in a manner worthy of him. We pray this prayer. In his name, amen.
4: Good morning. Today's scripture reading is 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 15 and 16. It says, But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you, to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience.
0: At this time, children second grade and younger can be dismissed. Our song before the lesson this morning is entitled, Heavenly Sunlight. If it's convenient, shall we stand?
1: Walking in sunlight, all my journey.
5: I watched the Olympics this year, or it's the parts of the Olympics. You know how you get a song and it keeps sticking in your head, whether you like the song or whether you don't like the song? The one that was there was by John Lennon, and it was Imagine. And it kind of stuck in my head. You had a lot of stars that were there that said how great it is, fantastic, we live like this, and it like might that. Do they really think about what was in the song? First first. Imagine there is no heaven. It's easy if you try. Hell below us, above us on oh God. Imagine all the people living for today. So if there's no heaven, in Ephesians, we don't have any hope. Therefore, remember that formerly we were Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, which is done in the body by human hands. Remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from the citizenship. In Israel, and foreigners to the, gov- the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world, without God in the world, without heaven, there's no hope. You're here. You live, you die, you're gone. Your children may remember you. Maybe even your grandchildren will remember you. But by the time you get to the grandchildren, who's that a picture of in that photo album? They don't know who you are anymore. You're here, you're gone. No hope. In Timothy, Paul writes again about the hope. We have in, in the verse underlined holding a promise, both the present life and the life to come. So the promise that we have through Christ is for the life to come. That is why we labor and strive, because we have put our hope in the living God, who is the Savior of all people, and especially of those who believe. is to spend eternity We believe we're eternal. We're going to spend some eternity somewhere, one place or another, but hope because of Christ to spend it with God. Further, Peter, when Peter writes, Peter, praise be be to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth a living hope, that living hope we all have as Christians, that hope of where we're going, that hope that our sins can be forgiven, that hope that we can have an home with God. Through the resurrection of Christ from the dead, into an inheritance, never perish, spoil, or hate. Their inheritance is kept in heaven. An inheritance doesn't go, doesn't go away. It's a guarantee. It's there. It's there. It's always going to be there for us. Who through faith are shielded by God's power until the of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. And I'll get to the last time at the end of this lesson. In all you rejoice while while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials, these have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith and the wrong Yeah? Okay. That's all right. Just throw a little curve. Okay, so back this one. In all you re- you greatly rejoice, Though now for a little while you may have to head to suffer grief in all kinds of travels. That's why we're here. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes, even, through refined by, even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor. When Jesus Christ is revealed, though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. So that hope, that faith in Christ produces a result, joy. The way that Peter describes it here is an inexpressible and glorious joy, a joy not just kind of happy, unbelievably overflowing kind of joy because of that happiness that you have in the hope through Christ. In Hebrews, he talks to the, mostly to the Hebrew people, and I'm going to go down to 19. We have a hope for an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It's so important in all the times people lived, but even today, more important, to have an anchor, to have a standard, to have the absolute truth that you can depend on, that's immutable, that doesn't change, that's constant, because if you look at society, things are constantly changing. You never know what's right, what's wrong. What's right today may be wrong tomorrow, but with God, it's the same, it's consistent. And that inconsistency as far as the world if they look at things with no heaven, with no hell, produces a lot of stress, can produce a lot of anxiety. If you don't have anything that you're working towards, if you're just here and gone, what hope do you have? If you don't have anything, what hope do you have for something that's in the future? Look at society right now. This is a graph of suicides in the US. 2001, there was 29,580 in a year. In 2019, there was 45,861 suicides. That's a 55% increase in suicides. Personally, no hope. No joy? What do you want to do? You want to end it, don't you? You can't take it anymore. With God, you have hope. With God, through Christ, you have joy because of what you have. But if you don't have God, as he said, no heaven, no hell, what do you have? Some statistics. Suicide rate is four times higher for men than women. Male deaths make up almost 80% of suicide deaths. Three times as often women try to commit suicide and have more suicidal thoughts. Firearms are used by men. poisons used by women normally. Lesbian, gay, and bisexual kids are more likely to attempt suicide than heterosexual kids. 41% of trans adults attempt suicide. So you kind of see with the people that are without God, there's concentration to some extent as far as how they view the world, how they find their hope. Further, the suicide rate is 1.8 times higher in rural areas. It's highest among middle-aged white males. I think I'm still in that range right now, although I'm way on the top end of that range. You don't think so? Thank you, William. But it has increased dramatically in recent years. Among Native Americans, Alaska Natives, suicide is the eighth leading cause of death across ages for the ages group of 15 to 34, it jumps to second. Those are pretty alarming statistics as far as suicide. And I think a lot of that's because no hope, no God. In In Peter, and that's what we had read this morning, who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Keep it in clear conscience. Gentleness and respect is paramount to talking to someone about God. The reason why we have the joy that we have, the hope that we have, is through Christ. Someone who's outside of Christ, for whatever reason, you have to do it in a gentle, loving way. Not in an accusing way, not of, a, you live a despicable lifestyle, you have to respect them as a person and try to use an opportunity, if you're given one, to teach them about Christ first. Teach them about why you ought to follow Christ first, not what they ought not to do. Because they don't need to hear about what they ought not to do. They need to hear about Christ first. There needs to be a reason to change, and we need to talk about that change, and we need to do it with respect and with love and with compassion. Because that's the way he treated people that were here. The next verse. Imagine there's no countries. It isn't hard to do nothing to kill or die for, and no religion, too. Imagine all the people living life in peace. So without religion, without God, everything would be peaceful. In Titus, when um, Paul is writing, at one time we were foolish, disobedient, deceived and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. That was before God. This is how Paul is explaining what we're really like without God. Not a lot of peace, hatred, all kinds of passions, foolish, disobedient. But when the kindness and the love of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that, having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying. So because of Christ and the love he had in his mercy, we now have a hope in heaven. That's because of God. That's because of religion. Further in Romans... For Paul's writing to the people in, throughout Rome. Again it says, Rejoice, you Gentiles, with his people. And again, Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, that all the people extol him. So Paul is writing to the Gentiles within the Roman community. The root of Jesse will spring up, one who will rise to, to rule over the nations. In him the Gentiles will hope. May the hope of God, may the, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. The way to peace is through Christ. The God of hope brings peace, brings compassion, brings mercy. Take it away, and have people go back to where they are, selfish, greedy, self-centered. What's good for me? The last part. Imagine no possessions. I wonder if you can. No need for greed or hunger, a brotherhood of man. Imagine all the people sharing all the world. So John wrote in this particular part that if we just were brothers and sisters, we would share, there'd be no greed. If there wasn't all this heaven, there wasn't all this religion stuff that was there, things would just be so much better. But when Paul writes to Ephesus, so I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. So the, mostly people at Ephesus were Gentiles, port city, big port city. But these are the Christians that have decided to follow Christ. They are dark, these are the ones that are, haven't followed Christ, but he's talking to the Ephesians. They have darkened their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality, so as to indulge in every kind of impurity. And they are full of greed. You're not going to have people sharing if they don't have the compassion and the mercy of God. If they don't have the promise and the hope through Christ. They're going to be greedy. They're going to get what they can get himself. Just a note, not imagine if John had believed in his words. John died in the 70s. With about 200 million dollars is net worth. It's worth about 682 million now. So the thought about sharing and nobody any possessions, it didn't really ring true with what he wrote in his song. In Genesis, talk about where it got so bad people got so much into themselves that God had to take action. It's one of two I'm going to talk about. The Lord saw how wicked, how the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth, that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth, and his heart was deeply troubled. So the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race I have created and with them, the animals, the birds, and the creatures that move along the ground. But I regret that I had made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Here's a situation where people and the very flower of humanity was in bloom, without God. Everything they thought about was evil. And God took action. Noah was a righteous man blameless among the people at the time, and he walked with faithfully with his father. Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. So God said to Noah, I'm going to put an end to the people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I'm surely going to destroy both them and the earth. And as it turned out, He saved eight people, Noah, his sons, and their wives. Everybody else was lost. Clean slate, reset button, if you think about computers. Everything returned back to people were of God, but there was only eight of them in the world. From that, they populated the world. You may look at it to say, well, we're getting back there where they were in those days. We've always been moving in that direction. When Christ was here, things were worse than they are now. But we're moving in that direction. Case in point, Pride in the Park in Coeur Lane. happened yesterday. A family friendly, friendly occasion. This is the banner from it. And what it says there is family friendly that I've highlighted in circle. The first item as far as the, the things to be done is a drag dance party. So you kind of see where they're going. There was a message that was released, was released that was gonna be there, this is Pride in the Park, this is an LBGTa, LBGT um, uh, Pride in the Park event, big event. Satanists will be in Coeur d'Alene's Pride at the Park event next Saturday, June 11th from 10 to 3, that was yesterday. We will have merchandise and be performing unbaptism. For those interested, just know, Satan loves you. Hail Satan. Pride exists louder. Hail Satan. So that's a group that was be, be with them yesterday. Now, I think the, so there, was some, there was some scuttlebutt about it, and, and they may have pulled out. But you can kind of see that where they're going as far as what's happening in our society. What was wrong when I was a child is now extolled as being something that's great. And what was something that was looked upon as being looked, looked down on is now something that's great. Something, people are proud. People are brave. People have pride. Things have changed. Things have flipped. Okay? That's what I talk about the anchor with Christ, with, with God. You have an anchor to the truth. The truth doesn't change. But we have these pressures. This is a kind of a pressure kids have that they're getting. And that's why I think partly their suicide rate is so hard. It's because they're stuck in the middle. We have to have compassion on their, our side to avoid or at least help stop some of the people that are killing themselves. Look for opportunities to teach them the truth. As far as the, the next time that God's gonna wipe things clean, it's a little bit different. Than it was with Noah above all you must understand that in the last days scoffers will come scoffing and following their own desires they will say where is this coming is promised so what they're talking about is the second coming of Christ ever since our ancestors died everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation but they deliberately forget that long ago by God's word the heavens came into being and the earth was formed out of water And by water, by these waters also the world of that time was deluged and destroyed. That's what I had just read about what happened with Noah. By the same word, the present heavens and the earth are reserved for fire, be kept for the day of judgment and destruction for the ungodly. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. So we don't know when it's going to come. Can you predict when it's going to come? There have been several different religions that have come out to say it's going to be this date, and then they move it again to this date. There still keep people that are saying, we know what the date is. Scriptures say we don't know. You have no idea when it's going to come. You can't look at society and say, well, it's, it's got to be soon, because they were saying that in the first century. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire, and earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. This isn't something that, you know, some people can say, well, we may precipitate the end of the world. This isn't the end of the world. This is the end of creation. The universe, the planets, the stars, everything burned up. Everything that was created by God, gone, completely. It's not a reset, everything's gone. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to be, live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. That new heaven and new earth is eternal. It's not going to be burned up. It's going to be with God. And in Thessalonians, Paul talks more about it, kind of the order. When that's coming, and I'm going to jump down to 16, For the Lord himself will come down from the heaven, Christ, with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with Him, with them in the clouds to meet the Lord In the air. And so we will be the Lord's forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. I suspect I will be one of those in the first ones because I'll be in the earth. I don't think it's going to happen soon, but at some time it will happen. At some time before everything is destroyed, He will call His faithful home. And my hope is in Him that I'll be part of that faithful that's called to Him. We live in a a stressful world, and without God, you don't have an anchor. Takeaways. We're eternal. We're not temporal. We're going to live forever. We have a hope from God of everlasting peace with him. We have an anchor to hold on. It's steady. When the world pushes on us, stress comes to us. We have a standard set by God that doesn't change. It's immutable. You know you have the truth. Hold on to it. That's your anchor. That's what keeps you where you need to be. That's what keeps you safe. If you don't have that anchor, if you know not boat and you get real bad waves and, and winds and everything like that, and it doesn't have an anchor, it's going to drift into something and probably break it up or be broken up. Lean on God and your brothers and sisters in Christ to help you when you're overwhelmed by the world. We're we're here to help each other. The Holy Spirit helps us from within us, but we're here to help each other. We're here to have compassion with one another, not to accuse one another. And kind of going along with it, be ready to reach out and help others find peace. There's not a lot of peace in this world. Sharing your faith, in a godly way. It has to be in a godly way. If you take and attack somebody and say, you're going to hell because of this, because of that, you're never gonna get through to them. The godly way is to be compassionate, to be kind, to be merciful, and it's hard. Sometimes you're very frustrated and angry with what they're doing, you they need to back off a little bit. But when opportunities arise, and it has to be an opportunity, You can't go up to somebody who's doing something that's obviously wrong and loving what they're doing and expect to get through to them. But something may happen. And when it happens, you may have an opportunity. If you had an opportunity to teach, teach about God, teach about Christ first. I think everybody here has that promise, that hope. You've taken advantage of this here. But if you haven't, the world's a tough place. You need something that gives you hope and we can help you with that this morning but if you are a christian but the world is pressed in on you you have your brothers and sisters here we'll pray for you we'll help you if you're open to the message at any point this time this morning please come forward as we sing
4: Thank you, Chuck. We appreciate that message. Appreciate each of you being here this morning. I have just a few reminders and announcements before we close. The senior adult group will be going to Fujiyama Steak and Seafood House this Thursday, June 16th. The church van will leave the building at 1030. If you'd like to go, please sign up in the foyer. This evening, we will have a guest speaker from the Sebring Parkway Church of Christ. Kevin Patterson is an elder and a preacher there, as well as a teacher at the Florida School of Preaching. He'll be preaching for us tonight. Please come back this evening and be a part of that. An update on some of our sick. Calvin Noble suffered a stroke earlier this week and was hospitalized in Orlando. He has been discharged and will be going through some speech and physical therapy. Please pray for the success of that. Clayton Ablin was in North Carolina helping his, sh- his son, Sean, move where he will be doing his residency. He uh, had several seizures, uh, and he's undergoing tests to try to determine what the reason is. Please keep Clayton in your prayers. Judy Russ, brother-in-law, suffered a stroke also this week and is in very serious condition. Pat and Judy request your prayers on his behalf lloyd dickerson will have his back surgery this friday please pray for the success of that there are many others on the sick list in the bulletin please pray for all of those gene eggy's burial service will be this wednesday june 15th at 9:30 a.m it'll take place at the cape canaveral national cemetery which is north of mems on us-1 if you're going, you should be at least 10 minutes early to line up. There will be a military honors and a caisson carriage. Following the burial, there will be a, a gathering at 11 o'clock at Dixie Crossroads in the gazebo. Hors d'oeuvres will be served. We want to extend our sympathy to Karen Vester, a former minister, former member here. Sorry, and her family. Karen's mother passed away last Sunday, and I have a card to read. Dear family, it's times like this that I feel sorry for people who don't have the love and concern that all of you showed me. Thank you for all of the visits, the cards, the food, and ice cream in parentheses, and phone calls and just the display of your love. It helped tremendously. I love you and I thank you, Lex. Thank you.
0: Shall we stand for our closing song? Lord,
2: dismiss
0: us with my
6: you pray with me, please? Most holy and loving Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, a day that we can come together in unity and worship you and praise you and sing songs of praise to you and read of your holy word to glorify you, Lord, in everything that we do and say. We thank you, God, for being with us we pray for those that are in need of your healing power, always mindful of those that you have already healed and those that are continuing to be healed, Lex and Betty and Missy and Calvin. Continue the healing on them, O oh Lord. Heavenly Father, we pray for our country. We seem to be in a bit of trouble right now. We pray for an intervention, Lord, to bring bring your children back to you, to bring your schools back to you, your businesses back to you, your neighborhoods and our neighbors and those that we meet. For we know without your love there is darkness. Without you we are lost. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all the glory that you've given us, all the blessings of our life, we thank you, God, that we can come here and praise you and worship you. Heavenly Father, we ask that you go with us now, take this lesson with us, keep joy in our hearts. and know that above all, we love you more than we love ourselves. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.